We've gathered here tonight, around the fire, as people of all lands have gathered for thousands and thousands of years before us, to share the light and to share a story. An amazing story, as old as time itself, but still being written. Hello and welcome to Two True Freaks. I am Scott Gardner and I'm joined as always by my best friend, Chris Honeywell. Hello! <laughs> Hello! And this is something of a special episode oh, for us. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this episode, yes. let me tell you. Me too, and I cannot believe... Well, here, here's a bit of history for you folks. You know, for one thing... We just recently, we made absolutely no fanfare about it whatsoever, but we just recently passed the three-year mark for Two True Freaks. We, we have officially been podcasting for over, by the time you hear this, it's something like three years and a month or something like that. You know, for well over three years, which, you know, I think that's quite the little accomplishment. You know, I mean, a, a lot of other shows don't make it that far, and a lot of other shows don't have near the content that we have had in those three years and everything. You know, not to brag, but, you know, it's, it's a big deal. But, you know, after 200, as we've said several times now, you know, 200 really, I mean, it took a toll on us. And, and so we didn't make any big deal about, you know, a three-year show or an anniversary show or anything. I mean, we just kind of quietly let it slip by and we acknowledged it to each other. And I think I threw something up on the forum about it, but that was pretty much it. But it occurs to Chris and I that, uh, you know, we, we do need to do just a little something more, you know, to, to acknowledge that passage of time. And we hit on an idea that, frankly has has been coming for a long time you know i I look at this episode almost as a reward to those crazy (laughs) poor sad individuals who have either stuck with us from the very beginning or have actually and i know you crazy people are out there have actually gone back through our library and like listened to every single episode of two true freaks that is a task and to you know we we thank you we acknowledge you and uh and here's a little thank you for that this episode, we are going to, to answer a question that has probably been burning in listeners' minds, I would imagine, probably right from episode one. I think, I think our very first episode, probably we, there was probably a mention of what our topic is tonight. Anyway, this episode, hopefully, is going to answer that burning question that has long been out there in, in Two True Freaks listener land. Who the hell is Pete Hesh? <laughs> so that's kind of our topic tonight. This I is uh, this is a reward for us. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna have a, I've, oh yeah. This is this is such a softball for us. We're yeah. we're gonna have an absolute <laughs> riot. So you know the the only thing is I you know now we got the intro out of the way. Where do we want? I I don't even know how to answer that question honestly. Well, you know, like uh, uh, especially the people who've talked to us on Skype or anything like that, because my Skype name is Pete Hesh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been a lot of people, you know, they know my name's Chris, but they're looking at Pete Hesh and they call me Peter when we're talking on Skype and stuff. So right. I'm sure there's some people who've been listening to the podcast and like, why are they calling Chris Peter? It's because they see Peter R. Hesh on their on their um, <laughs> on their uh, Skype call thing. And, and but I you know I might way to work yesterday and I swear to God, Chris, I'm not making this up. If I wasn't afraid 
that I'd have a like a serious accident or something, you know, because there was a Yahoo story just like last week of the ten most dangerous places in America to drive, and Orlando was number two. <laughs> you know, so if I wasn't like seriously afraid that I might, you know, cause an accident or something, I'd have whipped out my camera phone and taken a quick picture. But I found myself behind a uh, an SUV yesterday, and the license plate was P E T E dash. S, uh, excuse me, H S E. So it's it was pretty close to P S. I thought yeah. it was very funny. I was totally cracking up when I saw it. <laughs> you know, Florida always ends up on a lot of top ten lists that are usually not positive. <laughs> yes, this is true. I, I, you know, I know you live there, and I hate to say it, but I, it's something I've noticed a lot lately. Oh but, yes. But now that you know, now that I know somebody in Florida, it's just like I'll hear things and I'll my ears will perk up and go, Florida, huh? <laughs> and you're like in the pot. You're like in the nice pocket of Florida. <laughs> you know, you've you've just but anyway, Peter R. Hesh or whatever the hell is middle name. I, the R is in there because just another in joke between Scott and I. Right. But to me, Pete Hesh was a legend. Before he was a human being. Right, yes. Now, I used to be in class with, with Scott, you know. I don't think that, was there ever a class where you, me, and Randy were actually in the class together? No, you and we, Randy had classes together, and, and Randy and I had classes together, and, and you and I had yeah. classes together, but we, but we never were all in the same class thank together. Thank God for whoever, yeah. there's teachers thanking God for that, getting yes. down on their bloody bended knees. <laughs> but between Scott and Randy, or, or and, and Scott and Randy and I spent a lot of time together outside of school, you know, I would hear stories about Randy's brother, you know, his older brother and all the, you know, the older kids that were running around Black River, New York. And, uh, and you know, they all had crazy, you know, these were kids that were uh, uh, a few years older than us. And, you know, they were definitely teenagers of the 70s, you know. So they were all into, you know, Led Zeppelin, you know, it was the Led Zeppelin, long hair, smoking pot and all that. And those were the sort of guys, you you know, the older kids. My uncles, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) uncles and and their friends and stuff. But amongst all these people, I would, whenever, you know, whenever I was together with these people, I would hear, you know, somebody go, and then that goddamn Hesh did this and that, and, 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 uh, you know, they'd be talking about him, and you, me, and Randy thought all these stories were amusing as hell, because, you know, we were, we, we, we were nerds, we were not, like, even, like, hey, you know, we didn't even want to, like, go and sneak into our folks' liquor cabinet. I don't think either of our folks even had liquor cabinets to, no. to, you know, so, you know, the, 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 the stories we'd hear of this drunken fool were just, you know, legendary. And to the point of where, you know, we ha- there was this visual picture of him. And right. then there was this one time, and correct me if I'm wrong in my memory of this, but um, I want to say it was Gary was giving you, uh, you, Gary, and maybe your dad... But it was, you know, your uncles and stuff. You were coming back from the the Jefferson County Fair. And you gave Pete Hesh a ride. Oh, when I you, recorded you it had that your time? Tape, you had your tape recorder no, it was, on you. No, <laughs> it, it was my grandparents were driving. 
And uh, and my grandfather did not like Pete Hesh at all. He considered him a bad influence. Imagine that. Really? And, you know, so uh, it was like my grandparents were in the front, and maybe one of us kids was between them or something. And then, because I remember, to my memory, a lot of people were in the... Maybe my grandmother wasn't with us, but I remember a lot of people in this car. I remember Grandpa driving... And I know it was me, Randy, Ronnie, Pete, and I want to say there was maybe one or two other people in the car. And we did. We gave we gave Pete a ride home from the from the fair or from the fairgrounds. And I recorded the whole thing. And uh, and I'll hand it back to you because I'm not sure where you were going from there. <laughs> well, this was this was in the in the day when Scott had this little handheld. You know, it wasn't a it was. It wasn't a Walkman per se. It wasn't like a stereo. Listen to it was a little recorder, you know, right? Me- memo thing. And you used to carry that everywhere with you. We tape movies with it. We tape whatever we were doing, and then listen to it and laugh. So I remember you and Randy just going, "We finally got Hesh on tape," you know. And you guys had been doing your vocal impression of him and stuff. And here it was. And the guy who didn't say, say much of anything funny. But there's a delivery to it, and as we go on in this episode, you guys will start becoming familiar with the speech patterns of Pete Hesher, or lack thereof. <laughs> and uh, we would just listen to it over and over and crack up, just because you know it was like it was like capturing a rare bird on film or something, you know, a, a rare breed of lizard, spotted lizard or something. So See, I, I th- oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I just had this huge picture of him built up in my head because of you and Randy. Right. See, I think, I think the way you brought this in was perfect, saying that he was he was a legend before he was a man to to both of us. <laughs> because yes. there's there's two people in my life that were that way, and and they were they both have similar origins. They were they have Black River origins, where it was my my dad and my older uncles and everything. And they would always tell these stories, like you were saying, and two names would come up all the time, and it was Jack Slater and Pete Hesh. And <laughs> yes. Jack Slater's a whole different story. We'll get into that some other Jack day, maybe. Slater, no, Jack Slater and Pete Hesh will be... Well, Jack Slater will come up later in this story, oh, because true. he figures into a very, what our major, what of our major Pete Hesh story. <laughs> but, you know, for years, I mean, literally years... I remember hearing these stories about Pete Hesh. Now, to give a little bit of background as I know it, and again, it's perfect that you say legend because I could have this story completely wrong, so it makes it fun that it it, it led to like a legendary type of like Paul Bunyan bullshit to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To my to my knowledge, to my understanding, Pete was like a like a high school contemporary of my dad and my uncle Gary. Because Pete and my Uncle Gary were friends, despite the fact that they didn't treat Pete too well. Well, I think you Pete know? was a bit younger than them. Yeah, I think that he was a bit younger. But I mean, like I say, like a you know, like maybe they were like seniors, and Pete was like a like a you know, like a freshman or something. Because I think he was younger, but he hung around with them. And I think one of the big things that that made Pete part of their circle was that Pete was a. Um, what do you call it? Not a roadie. What are, you know, the guys that follow bands around. What do you call Roadies. that? Oh, okay, yeah. right. Rody. He was a Rody for my uncle's band, and I don't know what function he ever served other than whipping boy, you know. But he went to like all their concerts when my when my uh, uncle was in um, Glass Hammer, and they toured all over, you know, Canada, you know, low, you know, like the uh, the regional area. Yeah, yeah, the regional, you know, the Lower East. 
what'd you call it east coast i guess yeah, the lower yeah. east coast section of you know ontario and that you know that province and uh and around you know like the the upstate new york area i mean but they had a pretty good touring circle that they went in pete always seemed to go with them and and wound up very much you know the 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 butt of their mischief and stuff like that because and in he, a lot of ways he was the prototypical roadie that's the uh, yes roadies i've worked a lot backstage and roadies are often visually they're often like sort of more of a more functional version of pete hesh right and you know to my recollection i'm almost positive that the first time i ever laid eyes on pete much like the first time i ever laid eyes on jack slater i had no idea that the person i was looking at and i don't know what i was expecting but you know, year you know, after years of hearing stories and and having a visual image of this person and hearing all these crazy, fantastic, hilarious tales, you you have whatever perception you have, and then to meet the person, you know, it was very odd. In Jack Slater's You're case, expecting very, a wild man with Pete, yeah. Well, in, in Jack Slater's case, it was very disappointing because he was pretty much just an average dude, right? But Pete was like holy shit you know i had no <laughs> yeah the, the best description i can give for pete honestly is uh say like like popeye the sailor man 20 years later like after he's like seriously gone to seed you know Pop, what i mean Popeye like, the sailor man's been hitting the bottle yeah, yeah exactly well, well, pete had, had pretty he much had the pete. gut yeah he had the dentures which he didn't often wear he Ever. So that makes your chin do that weird disappear up your mouth. Yeah. Pete often used to also take out his 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 um his false teeth to to amuse people. See, I don't remember ever seeing Pete. I only remember hearing about it. I remember hearing Randy talk about it happening outside of his house. And I know, I've known other people who've had false teeth who could flip them over in their mouth and go, blah, and stick them out, you know, and I could totally see. But mostly you would see Pete without his his false teeth, and then he would do what those people with false teeth do is sort of gum and go, rah, 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 which <laughs> right. gives you this, it makes you look like those puppets from Sesame, those alien puppets who are like, book, 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 you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Well, it's like a baby. It's like a baby when babies yes. are learning their teeth and gumming everything. That's and what Pete looked like. And especially when he was hammered, he would just walk around going, he'd have like the stubble. If if there's any underground comics readers out there, there was an underground comic called Mickey Rat. And Mickey Rat was pretty much Pete Hesh. <laughs> You know, he would have, like, the t-shirt that was too small and dirty and grungy and, you know, with the with the gut poking out from under it and usually, like, goofy shorts with the knobby knees or, or you know, just, like, droopy jeans. Now, to, my, to my recollection, I remember him looking like, like, you know, his, like we say, like Popeye. And he would he he was dressed almost like like Beavis and Butthead because he would have right. like a you know like an Iron Maiden or whatever well, you the know, hell you know what the, but it was the, like five sizes too small for him so his big old you know beer gut was was poking out of it and then he'd have like Bermuda shorts well or you know something. what the, that look and that that type of person in California has a nickname and do you care to guess what that nickname is oh no it's they're called Heshers. 
I don't believe that for a There's minute. a movie called Hesher. You can look it up. You can look. <laughs> you can go. It's not spelled like Pete Hesh, H-S-C-H. It's spelled H-E-S-H-E-R. But that is a term for, like, metalhead, sort of slobby, you know, lifestyle of just of just listening to hard rock and getting wasted and not really having any purpose, which... You know, the first time I saw that, I was just like, you gotta be shitting me. Because you never See, we know. Need to, it could have originated with the original Hesher. It Hesh. could have. I mean, we need to fill in a little more of the story uh, uh, as far as, you know, the one thing about Pete that facilitated the, the, the hilarious slash pathetic <laughs> lifestyle that he led was the fact, and I don't know where it came from, but he was loaded. Pete was Pete was loaded, and you know he lived with his dad, Alfred, and uh, so again to, loaded to, in every way. <laughs> you oh can yeah. think of it. <laughs> but, you know, to to my knowledge, and again, I'm I'm getting all this information, you know, from from both my crappy memory, and this is stuff I was told. So I don't, you know, and a lot of it came from Randy, who used to love to just fuck with us and tell us and you know, to lie. Shit, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if it's really true, but I had heard, the way I'd heard it was that Pete was adopted. You know, so he was not like Al's natural son. I don't remember there ever being a mother in the picture or a mention of the mother. So I don't know what the story was there. But I heard that Pete was adopted. I have no idea what Al ever did for a living or how he got his money. But somehow or other, he they gave a big Pete, old house. Yeah, yeah, he gave Pete like a generous allowance, which Pete just pissed away on booze and. You know, so I, I don't know. What, and P, of course, never worked a day in his life. You know, but the funny thing, the funny, the thing I remember most about Pete, besides just you know some of the crazy shit that we'll get into, the antics and stuff, but about his personality was that he was a very nice person when he, when he was sober, and most of the time when he was drunk too. But when he was sober, which wasn't very often, but when he was sober, he was really a nice upstanding guy who'd, who'd do anything for you and give you the shirt off his back but that motherfucker never forgot a nickel that he lent you if he gave you money which was a horrible mistake to ever make to borrow money from Pete he could be wasted out of his mind to the point that he could not speak English or see straight but he would remember to the penny every, to the penny every every nickel he lent you because I remember a time when Randy you remember when there was an arcade in Blow five minutes yeah i mean it came and went like overnight but there was a video arcade that was like right on the main drag of black river and we took pete there and got him just seriously fucking shellacked i mean he was just wasted and randy and i played (laughs) i just love the term shellacked he was i mean he was just (laughs) wasted and Randy just kept hitting him up for more and more cash, more and more cash, you know, so we could play games. We played games, like, all night long. And, you know, Randy did it on purpose to try to get, you know, all these oh, free games. I, I can remember see, well, that shit. Just for you guys to know, Randy... Randy wasn't really a bully, per se, but when he was fucking with somebody, he would do this, like, exaggerated bully sort of... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, he would... You know, I could see him going... Come on, Pete, you know, come on, come on, just give me a quarter, I want to play a video game. Pete, Pete, you know, and just <laughs> not leave him alone for a second. Right. Come on, right. man, don't be an asshole, give me, a, <laughs> right. give me a quarter, and then Pete would give him a quarter, and he'd probably go, okay, can I have another dollar, you know, and just keep, <laughs> you know, and keep at him, and Randy would chip and chip and chip and chip, 
So, yeah, so just so people can picture <laughs> when you're saying Randy's asking him for money, it was probably more like ruthlessly badgering him with right, a hostile give, edge to it. Exactly. You're going to give me money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you remember the first time you ever laid eyes on Pete? Because I, I do distinctly remember well, when I saw him for the first time. Well, well I think I, I think you should tell your story of it first because my story, my when when we get into my meeting of Pete Hesh for the first time, that's going to be, there's a big Pete Hesh story in here. <laughs> there's a major P, there's a major motion picture in here but there's also a sub one a sort of solo chris adventure of Pete Hesh that's my first meeting when i met him i didn't just meet him i met him hardcore <laughs> and so and, and probably i'm definitely was this chronologically going to Syracuse on the yes. bus Yes. That was the first time you That's met Pete? That's the first time I laid eyes on Holy him. Holy shit. I did not realize that. Yes. Or I didn't remember it, I guess. How's that for intense? Wait a minute. <laughs> that was that was before the, the when he came to the door? And oh, yeah. Some, oh, all right, because we definitely have to tell that story. That's the, that, 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 is the, that is the major. That's the, that's the Pete Hesh story that got Scott grounded from the beginning of the summer till the end of the summer. It was just... Mm-hmm. It was it, that. That was one of the harshest groundings of any friend I've ever had. <laughs> in those and it days. sucked because it was our last summer together too. It was our. It was the summer of our senior year, or you know, junior over into senior year. Yeah, and we got grounded for the entire I, for, fucking summer. For some reason, I could never get my head around. I love the foreshadowing. We're doing a great job of foreshadowing. <laughs> I could never get my head around why. You know, that's the kind of thing I would think you would get yelled at for, you know, dressed down and say, you know, well, Chris ain't coming back here for a couple more weeks or something. But no, you got flat out grounded for the summer. There, There was a reason behind it, which I don't know to this day that I necessarily agree only because it happened to me. But I, I do now as a parent realize what the reasoning was behind it. But we'll get into that when we tell the story. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think chronologically, I'm sure you met Pete before me. So we, we should probably go with your, your, your first taste of Hesh. Well, I was young, and I'm pretty sure we we were, we must have still been living in Carthage at the time, which makes me even younger than I would have thought because. Because I remember Empire was out when we were living on West End in Carthage. Because that was right around 1980. Or, you know, I mean, Empire was out in 80. And we moved well, I remember shortly playing after with Empire. all your Empire toys at yeah. West End. Yeah. And it, it may have even been a little bit later then. But the, the first place I remember ever seeing Pete was um, there was that bar. Ah, shit, I can't remember the name of it. It was, it was over... Do you remember where uh, Dwayne Camage used to live in Carthage? I don't know if you ever knew Dwayne. I knew Dwayne Camage. Oh, okay. D- did you know where he lived, though? Not really. It was over in that... I have no idea what the name of the street was, but it was the same street where, where Mike's Quick Stop was, that street that kind of run parallel to the old train tracks and that. Uh-huh. And there was a bar that was over there. It was like this fucking dive, and we rode past it all the time on our bikes and stuff, but I'd never set foot in the place. I, you know, I was a kid. But it was just this like neighborhood bar. And one night, I mean, I'd never went to the place before or since this story, but one night, for, for God knows whatever reason, my dad let me go with him while he went out one night. 
and we wound up there. And I remember being me and Dad, and my Uncle Gary, and then this fucking guy that was with Maybe Ronnie might have been there, too, I forget. But I remember this guy that, like, took this serious liking to me. And I thought he was funny. And I didn't, you know, I was a kid. I didn't realize at the time it was because he was, you know, a fucking alcoholic, you know? And he was just funny. He took a liking to me, and he was, oh, you're Skipper's boy, yeah! And he's, you know, he thought it was really funny. Yay, okay, that's it. The first Pete Hesch voice of the show. (laughs) I love it. I was just wondering, when are they going to finally get to hear someone do a Pete Hesch (laughs) imitation? Don't worry, more to come. And it wasn't until, I think, even after, like, the night was over and everything that I, somebody told me, or I learned later on or whatever, that that was Pete Hesch. And I had no idea. I just thought he was this weird, freaky guy that they met at the bar that night or something, you know? And that was the first time I ever meet, met him. And I remember telling Randy about it later and he, th- you know, him thinking it was really funny and everything that, you know, I finally had got to meet Pete and everything. But I remember him, you know, he was really nice that night. You know, he wasn't, yeah. you know, particularly over the top like I thought he would be or, you know, all the stories and everything. Well, he that's was actually the thing. Pretty he cool. was not a malignant person. He was not a person. I mean, when, when uh, as you'll see in this story, he never does anything mean or hateful. It's just, you know, on some level, I feel bad about the way we treated him and how we got a laugh (laughs) out of it. But, you know, I also realized that we were stupid kids. And I also realized that on the same level, it was also fucking hilarious. Right. (laughs) You know, it's it's all part of life and the reminiscence of life. But as you'll see in the story, Pete never really... I mean, he'll say some things that are sort of, you know, he'll sort of curse someone out. But, you know, Pete never did any... uh, At the end of this story, you'll probably think Pete Hesh is a better person than (laughs) Scott and I. Right. (laughs) But, you know, because, yeah. But, um, yeah, he was... He was... Yeah, you're right. He was an... Honestly, he was a nice guy. You got the... uh, You got the, the feeling that maybe at one time... He might have been actually kind of bright and precocious, but that time was long, long pickled ago. out of him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to to the point, and and you know we saw we I, I I've seen him smoke pot, and I know that he drinks like crazy. But who knows what other drugs that he did that he probably wouldn't do in front of us, you know, at that age. Yeah, but see, who I knows never what I do anything but drink. Right, right, and and uh, well, I think that was his definitely his main vice but you know i mean pete lived through the 70s and he was pete hesh there's probably a lot of coke went up his nose and who knows what else ever you know the 70s drug use was pretty pervasive amongst everybody so pete hesh <laughs> you know he but yeah oh i'm i'm sorry i totally derailed your no your, that, i mean that, that was, was pretty much story. it that yeah that that was a that was the innocent beginnings of of my association with <laughs> with Pete, and that was probably the the tamest story I can remember, because everything else after that was always like just a, a crazy explosion. It like, yeah, it was like a carnival ride. You know, it was yes. always some crazy wild thing. Because I mean, I can remember uh, a lot of it had to do with concerts. I can remember coming back from a lot of concerts where he would just be plowed. And Gary and the other guys would just be merciless in the way that they would pick on him and stuff. Because a lot of times, you know, we, it was upstate New York, so it's, you know, it's cold all the time, or a lot of the time. 
And I can remember, like, in the dead of winter, you know, it's fucking, you know, the, the temperature's below zero. And they would do shit like everybody would bundle up. Like, or coming back from hockey games is a good example. They'd be coming back from hockey games, and all the guys story. would bundle up in all their <laughs> hockey gears. You know, they're, so they're snug as a bug in a rug. Well, Gary would turn the fucking air conditioning on, turn it all the way up as high as it would go, and then put all the windows down. So it's Pete sitting there going, Yeah, you put the windows on, it's a little cold. You know, and like, you know, 20 minutes later, you come on, guys. You know, fucking freezing my mouth off. And the gardener humor would be to go, like, Shut up, Pete. Can't you see we're sweating our asses off here? <laughs> it's hot in your beat. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, they drove down through the woods one time to to go to the you know where they used to do the little bonfire hangout type of right, thing. Right, right. Uh, I know exactly. They, you know, they'd be about. like, "Hey, Pete, I can't see you." He's like, you know, I I forget who would drive when they would go down there, but they'd turn the headlights off. And they'd be like, "Hey, Pete, we can't see where we're going. Can you stick your head out and see if there's anything coming?" And then something like hold his head out the window, and they drive like. Through the brush and shit, That's he's right. whipped in the Oh, face. they're all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, he had it he had it coming to him, that drunk. Nice guy. <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> I'll get him. So <laughs> Oh yeah. So should I embark on to mine? It's gonna uh, Do it, do it, because you're we're, we're gonna go fifteen or twenty minutes here of um, let me open up my Dr. Pepper and take a sip for this one. So, as as uh, anybody who's listened to Two True Freaks know, I, I'm a, in Scott too, but I, I've always been a huge Beatles fan. And the Beatles, Scott was sort of not a latecomer to the Beatles, rel- maybe relative to everybody, yeah. but R- Randy yeah. was a huge, Randy was beyond me in Beatles stuff, and Ronnie and all, and Hesh, all those guys. You know, they grew up with it, with the Beatles, so they were all huge Beatles fans. So it was, um, I sort of, I sort of like, I always had listened to the Beatles because my parents listened to it and always like, my, the Beatles albums were my favorite ones. But I really got interested and intrigued when, when John Lennon got shot. And, um, you know, and I was really young and that was the first like person that I'd heard of who died and it had a big effect on me. So then, when a few years down the line, um, Julian Lennon starts his illustrious c- career, I remember getting the Syracuse station, like tuning in the Syracuse station one night, just out of a fluke, and they're like, tomorrow night, you know, we're playing this, you know, we're talking pre internet, pre information dissemination, kid out in the woods, living, you know, literally out in the woods. You know, I had no idea really who Julian Lennon was. And all of a sudden the guy on the radio saying, Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son has done an album and we're going to play the first song from it tomorrow. Uh, and and me freaking out trying to cr- recreate the situation to tune in the radio at the Syracuse station again so I can hear, you know, what is Julian Lennon's song going to sound like? And it was eerily like John Lennon, and, it, and it's kind of cheesy now when I listen to it. But when I listened to it then, it was like, "Whoa, that's intense!" And I'm thinking, "Wow, there's a second gen, literally a second generation of Beatles people going out there." And um, you know, 
word comes around that Julian Lennon is going to play the Landmark Theater in, in Syracuse, New York, which is about two hours from, uh, what is it, about two hours southwest from southwest direction from from uh, Carthage, Watertown area. About an hour and a half, I think. And it was like, like that. to us, that was the big, the big city. That big was the city, yeah. Big city you could go to, Syracuse. And Julian Lennon was playing there, and I flipped out. Now at this point, we're talking. You know, I could go to the movies by myself, but I, for the life of me, I don't know how I sold my parents on the idea that I was going to take the bus to Syracuse and see Julian Lennon. And spend the night in a Holiday Inn. You know, take take the bus, get go to the Holiday Inn, and uh, and walk to the Landmark Theater, and all this. I don't know how I made that plan because I didn't know how to get to the Landmark Theater from. I barely knew how to buy a goddamn ticket from Ticketron. What's ironic is that your parents let you go do that. I went and spent every goddamn summer near Syracuse and in Syracuse and my parents wouldn't let me go and I knew Syracuse like the back of my hand I, 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 I to this day I don't know how this got <laughs> arranged I don't but know it either. got arranged and I don't know how it got around Hesh being involved but I'm sure I didn't tell my parents it was an adult person coming with us or maybe I was saying there were, but if I did they probably would have wanted to talk to them to feel them out, and that would have been a definitely a, that would have ended everything right there because, yeah. So, you know, I, and I, I, I don't know how much of this. I think most of this was hatched up by me and Randy and, and Randy, Hesh. yeah, yeah. And Randy was like, "Look, Hesh is going to see Julian Lennon. We'll go get our tickets." I think Randy and I got the tickets, or maybe Hesh bought the tickets for us or something. I seem to remember going to Ticketron with Randy and getting the Julian Lennon tickets and, you know, flipping out. I'm going to a rock con- rock concert and uh, and all this. But anyway, the arrangements were made. I, for the life of me, don't remember. I probably went to Black River and then met up with Randy and, and got a ride from Lance, the, the Lance Sr. to uh, the, the Greyhound station. Where, where Hesh was waiting for us. Or maybe we even picked up Hesh on the way, but I doubt that, too. Or no. No, no, no. No, no, no. It couldn't have been that because Randy didn't ride on the bus with us. Randy got up there some other way entirely. There may have been somebody else involved, if I'm thinking about it, that, that drove Randy. But if they yeah, were, I they, they right. fade out of my memory as to who it is. Yeah. But... However, the the arrangements Could have been like made, Dan Huney or one of them freaks. That, it wasn't Dan. Rand- I would have remembered Dan Dan Huney. I could do a whole show on Dan Huney and Barry O'Brien. Those yeah. two. Those were the original Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> um, That's the, very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was. It wasn't. Was uh, it wasn't. Impression. No, I don't think we were hanging around with Dan. Well, may, it might have been Dan Leary, but I don't think Dan was driving then. I, I forget. Yeah. It, it, you know, it might have been Pat Hummel for all. Could have been. No, could have been. Because Pat Hummel was kind of he was like he was kind of like I I remember him being the the quiet fat kid, and then in high school he got kind of big, and he was he was just a little more he was a little more mature than everybody else, but he was just kind of kept to himself. But anyway, somehow, and I don't know why I can't 
remember how I got to the bus station, but I went to the Greyhound station and met Hesh, you know, and obvi- and like literally I remember I, – I, rem- I can't remember anything before this, but I remember walking in the doors of the bus station across from Dandy Donuts and immediately – you know, the, you know, it was like, there's Hesh, you know, out of all the people there, there was no way that it, it was anybody else, you know, from all the description, all the descriptions had been so dead on accurate and, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm Pete, you know, and, and, you know, he was kind of, usually if you got him sober, he kind of had that, that North country fast talk you know how people sort of talk fast and like have a little right. pitch lilt to their voice uh ronnie sort of talked like that too you right know, ronnie yeah had that same sort of accent and uh you know oh, whatever i i remember at the time i was reading the book dune and uh and uh, we get on the bus and i'm kind of you know i'm a teenager i'm kind of self-conscious Cause we're, we're getting, I'm like, ah, we're going to a concert. I hope there's going to be girls there, you know, all that stuff. I wonder what, I hope this works out. Okay. Cause this guy's supposed to be crazy, but you know, I'm going to a rock and roll show, so it might as well be crazy. And, you know, immediately I'm like, you know me, I don't get now by senior year. And maybe this whole ordeal was one of the things that helped me do this, but you know, I was a teenager. I'd get embarrassed. I was getting embarrassed because he's just like, yeah, we're going to get way, wasted. I see Julian Lennon and, yeah, and and he's got, you know, a flask of uh, apricot uh, brandy. And he's right, hitting, yeah. hitting the apricot brandy and talking to everybody on the bus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is in the days, you know, people are on the bus smoking and everybody, people are sort of not supposed to be drinking beer, but nobody minds if you drink and, you know, Pete's talking to everybody and everybody's doing the polite, like, yeah, yeah, I wish this guy would go away. I, I remember <laughs> specifically one of the things that was a great funny story to tell you and Randy, but it was just embarrassing as hell when it happened is some old fat lady gets up and goes is heading towards the bathroom and she opens up the door and Pete's like, Hey lady, don't fall in. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like slapping people on the back and like, eh, don't fall in. <laughs> Pete was like the uncle buck of yes. drunks when, you know, when he was in public, like, because people, you could see people, like you say, trying to be polite, but they were like, Jesus, get away. This freak away from me. <laughs> yeah. But they're on the bus are trapped, you know, and I'm just like, Oh Jesus Christ. What am I getting myself into? Because, you know, I'm like, whatever, the stories, the, there's stories, and half of them I'm hearing from Randy, so what the hell, you know? And just a side note, this is this is bizarre. Pete Hesh, we thought he was funny because he was goofy, but Jack Slater we just thought was funny because for some reason we found the name Jack Slater to be a funny name. Oh yeah, you know, like you know, like Orville Fluffenfucker or something like that. For some reason, <laughs> and it's not S L A T E R. It's it's Schloeder, like Schloeder, Schroeder yeah. with a Schroeder with an L instead of an R. Right. And so for some reason, we always thought that his, uh, even though Pete had the funny name, 
Anyway. Well, you know, what was funny is when uh, the last, what was the name of that movie? Last Action Hero with Schwarzenegger came out, and his name in that movie was Jack Slater. Yes. So all these ads were on TV going, you know, see the new Jack Slater action. Now it's just Jack Slater is a man of action. And we just oh, exactly. like, ah. my mother like, what the hell are you laughing about? I'm like, got tears <laughs> running down my face. I can't talk, you know? Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot all about that. So, so hopefully we're causing a whole bunch of other people to find the name Jack Slater funny whenever they hear it for no reason. Um, so... Uh, that's all I remember of the bus ride. I, I did a lot of reading and ignoring and being polite. So then we get to Syracuse and I don't know if I can't remember if we walked from the bus station or how we got there, but we go, it's not very far. We had a room at the holiday Inn, and in Syracuse, the holiday Inn. I don't think it's the holiday Inn anymore, but it was a big circular, you know, cylinder building you know, very 70s style kind of. And to me, that's like fancy big city skyscraper, you know. I'll, oh, my God. I can't, you know, I'd never stayed in a motel, much less a hotel at that point. So, you know, we're walking in the lobby. I never realized you lived such I'm a, a sheltered life before that point. At that point, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I you know, I, I had been, you know, I'd been a hick. I'd done a lot of reading, so I had visualized things in my mind but yeah it was literally it was like you know i'm in like awkward weird fitting clothes super nerded out you know going to a julian lennon concert oh you know maybe there'll be some girls there i hope that you know i hope this ps guy isn't too out of hand uh, but at the same point i'm i'm really kind of eager to get to syracuse get to the hotel room and stuff because we're going to meet up with Randy. And once Randy's there, I'll have someone I know, you know, that, and, and at least there'll be someone I know there, you know, and, and I know we'll be in control of their faculties. So, but it wasn't to be, Randy was very late getting there as you'll soon find out. So we get to the hotel and, you know, Pete signs in and stuff all you know all while ridiculously call you know calling the woman behind the counter toots and and then hey, yeah you know i'm just fucking around right you know and inappropriately swearing and people you know there's old ladies in their fur <laughs> coats of, oh well i never you know and and we go i just want to i just want to fucking get up into the room and get settled into the room and get this guy out of public you know so we get up into the, you know, and it's your standard hotel room, and Pete just starts the process of fucking going down the hallway and coming back with a scoop of ice, you know, a, a bucket of ice from the ice machine, dumping it in the sink. Or not in the sink, in the tub. Back tub. And then he's just like, run a little water there, just enough to get the wa the ice tinkling. And I'm like, what whatever. So I start running a little water. So we got this tub full of ice water. And he fucking, I'm like, why do we have a tub full of ice water? And he's like, you know, I've got, Ra he's like, I got, I got Randy's bringing the alcohol. And I'm like, okay, so good. You know, this guy's not going to be able to hit the bottle until Randy gets here. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, high school kid Hick thought, not thinking he can go to any bar. He can go to the hotel bar. He's loaded. You know, he can go get his alcohol anywhere. 
so I'm trying to think of what year this is. This has to be like about this has to be about the year would of like 1984, like right around the. Star I was thinking Wars 84, yeah, 84, 85. That, that yeah. Were, uh, I'm thinking more 84 because I don't think I think it was like my soft. I had to have been a junior. I, I definitely wasn't a senior, but it has to be like my junior year. So probably 84. But anyway, or 85. Anyway, um, you know he's fill. You know Brandy's gonna bring the 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 beer and I'm, okay. So then he opens up his suitcase. And it's just a, a moving bar, you know. It's just bottles of a- apricot brandy, flasks, you know, stuff. So he starts taking some bottles out and putting them in the ice, and he starts mixing, mixing up drinks. And yeah, this is gonna be great. Get wasted. You want to drink it? I'm like, nah, I don't drink it. Ah, yeah, I don't know what you're missing. Blah, blah, blah. Starts smoking joints. And at, at this point, like, to me, like, somebody smoking a joint was just like, whoa, that guy's breaking the law. I know it sounds incredible, but... It does. You know, I was in shock. I was just, you know, I was... You know, at the same time, I wasn't going to be like, don't do that, sir. That's not, <laughs> that's certainly not legal. But I was just like, okay, going with the flow. And I'm like, at that point, like, philosophically, I don't think I had anything against it. I was just like, it's not for me. My mind is sufficient for for that, you know. And so, I, the, uh, you know, first that was the first time I'd ever, you know, consciously known I'd seen somebody smoking pot. And, you know, holy shit. And I think at that time, I'm thinking pete was in his early 30s because that's sort of what i remember being like this guy's like 30 some years old that's you know he's this weird old guy and so then pete goes into the bathroom and is in the bathroom for a while and you know i'm setting i've got uh, uh, we've got a boom box there so i've set up the boom box and what are we listening to give my regards to broad street soundtrack by <laughs> paul mccartney I can wait another day One more, no more lonely nights And, uh, um, you know, Pete's in the bathroom He's taking a long time And finally comes out Fucking with a towel in his hand In a fucking (laughs) In a fucking Like red and white Speedo Speedos And like Moses the Lawgiver (laughs) Sandals and and a fucking tumbler with ice and you know liquid in it. And he's just like, "Come on, we're going down to the sauna." And sure enough, we go down. There's a pool, and we go into the sauna. And you know, you're you're, you're talking a fucking like long hair, long stringy haired, sort of balding troll guy in a speedo, and like. You know, I'm probably like in a pair of like gym shorts and my t-shirt, just like, all right, wow, this is pretty weird. In this, in this, and Pete's like pouring water on the side. I'm just like, ah, it's great. You can get drunk faster. And he's drinking, and meanwhile, I'm starting to notice he's drinking. Like, he's like drinking a drink out of the ice, putting it down. It's gone, and then the and then the flask is is at his lips, and I'm wondering. Where the fuck is a flask coming from? This guy has a towel and a speedo. And then the next thing you know, his fucking tumblers, you know, got got booze in it. He's drinking, and it's just like, this guy never stops drinking, but I'm not really seeing him pour that many drinks. How the hell is he doing it? He's And I've later, 
from my massive experience working with and knowing alcoholics know that they're just skilled at doing that. So you never really can tell unless you're really paying attention, which I was because I was like, here I am in a sauna in Syracuse in the Holiday Inn with Pete Hesh. You know, how the hell did I how the hell did I get here? You know, so I'm watching every detail. How the hell is this guy drinking so much? Drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. And uh, so he's starting to get just fucking loaded. By the time we leave the sauna, he like like half jump falls in the pool and like climbs out. All right, it's time to go back up to the room. So I fucking... You know, we, we get in the elevator. He's talking to everybody in the elevator. He, now he's wet and shaggy and, and in a towel with a drink in his hand, heading back up to his room, which is, this is total roadie stuff. This is a total roadie lifestyle, but I just had no idea. So then we get up to the room, and then Pete's like, I'm going down to the bar for a little while. So he goes down to the bar, so I'm like, have this view out the window. I'm just like, you know, totally transfixed looking out over Syracuse and like, wow, big city fucking adventure. And Pete's down at the bar and I'm just like happy to have a break from Pete. And Pete's like, I'm probably glad to get away from that square, you know, from that stupid kid, you know. So. That <laughs> square. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't nothing but a brown shoes square. So <laughs> then Randy shows up. And Randy's oh, got beer out there. He's got duffel bags full of beer. And he's just like, oh, you know, okay, here's what Pete was talking about. And he's like, dumps them all in the tub. And so they're frosting up in the tub. And wouldn't you know it, like radar, boom, in the door is Hesh. But now he's Hesh drunk. There's no, it, there's no more like, you know, really like coherent string of sentences anymore. He's stumbling. <laughs> And he's see. This is the Pete that I'm most <laughs> familiar with. He's leaning against the wall and wrestling his words. And Randy's fresh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fresh out of the car trip with his friend and with the beer. And Randy's cracking a beer, and and I'm like, oh, so so I'm like, oh, okay, let's drink. And you know, meanwhile, there's probably a couple hours before the show, and we've, uh, you know, we've determined that the Landmark Theater is within you know, walking distance of the hotel. So we know that just when it's time to go, we can go. So, um, oh, I remember what it was. Pete had all of our tickets and Randy immediately was like, Pete, do you have my ticket for, for, um, Julian Lennon? Pete's like, yeah, I got your ticket for Julian Lennon. Well, I want my ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know, and then Pete's, like, and I, I think Pete would like forget from second to second that he's supposed to be getting Randy's ticket. So Randy in Randy's style starts going, Pete, you have the tickets, don't you? Don't tell me you don't have the tickets. I have the tickets. You're a liar. What did you do? Did you scalp our tickets? You scalped our tickets, didn't you? So finally, Randy gets the tickets and and, you know, more beers drank, more Paul McCartney is listened to. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, meanwhile, Pete's going into the bathroom and pissing and Randy's, you know how Randy would have that sort of like, it was almost like a Roscoe P. Coltrane laugh. He would just be like, 
<laughs> and he'd be just like, ooh, old Pete's getting wasted, huh? Because he knew what was ahead. He fucking knew. I had no idea. And <laughs> I, now that I look back on it, I know Randy was just eating it up. He was just oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh, God, Chris is now going to see... And you oh, know, you, Randy, you talk about winding the monkey, and, and <laughs> yes. you, know, you talk about being a facilitator, kicking the hornet's nest. If it meant, yeah, yeah, if it meant that you know hilarity was going to ensue, you know, Randy, Randy Gary, none of these guys ensue. had a problem with facilitating. You know, Pete <laughs> no. more hashified as the night. Oh went no, on. Randy was feed was was feeding him beers and just like. You know, but it, it, Randy was doing the old good cop, bad cop, where he was both the good cop and the bad cop, where he would be really nice to Pete one second and just like, fuck you, Pete, the next second. And then, you know, and then nice again and just sort of smoothing him down and then ruffling him up and smoothing him down and ruffling him up. And, you know, meanwhile, Hesh is back in his t shirt. Now we get back to one of the common themes the money. R- Randy, this time starts telling Pete that he owes him money for the beer and that he wants it now because he wants some money you know for food or whatever you know and and Pete is just like you know fuck you you know you owe me five dollars and thirty five cents from the time you were <laughs> playing video games Randy is like no Pete you owe me twenty five and it kept getting a higher and higher amount until Randy was like, give me your wallet. Give me. Don't make me take your wallet from you, Pete. Where's your wallet? I ain't telling you. Where's your wallet? And he's like, Randy's like frisking him for his wallet. And Pete's like, you know, unable to put up a fight. All he can do is sort of flap his arms around and stuff. Well, it escalates and it escalates and it escalates till Randy literally opens up the window. <laughs> I was hangs, waiting for this part. <laughs> hangs Pete. Out the window, you know, not like by his feet or anything, but Pete was about halfway out the window, and Randy's holding on to him. He's like, God damn it, Hesh, I will toss you out this window. You're so drunk that nobody will believe that you didn't just walk out that window. You, Where is your wallet? You owe me 20 you know, $45. I ain't getting nothing for me, but go ahead and throw me out the window, you bastard. Go ahead and throw me out the window. I don't fucking care. I don't care. <laughs> and then he, you know he was starting to do like a cry, the cry, the Pete Hesh cry talk, which wasn't really like he wasn't crying. But I've heard this from other people who get really drunk, and they revert back to like a ten-year-old boy who's asleep, and you wake him up, and it's like, "Come on, Billy, time to go." Well, I don't want to go. No, I don't want to go. No, time isn't he funny when we just wake him up? But that would be, yeah, I don't know. Everybody is. <laughs> and uh, so then Randy pulls him in and then starts being nice to him again. So that that's about all of the, the, the specific things I can remember at that point. So then it's decided, okay, we're going to go. To the you know to the well, wasn't the, there something about ketchup? I remember hearing something about like biscuits and ketchup or something. Later. Like Pete was it's eating. Sh- oh, okay, all, all right. right. It's <laughs> it's <Okay>. coming. <laughs> it's that's later on. <laughs> so now it's time to go see Julian Lennon. So okay, so we start heading down the heading down the road, 
<laughs> and if there's anybody who's sensitive about racial speech, you might want to plug your ears for a little while. So, <laughs> so we start walking down the street, you know, walking down, and the bus station, the Landmark Theater, the Holiday Inn are all... Syracuse has, like, a lot of um, sort of overhead highway running through it, you know, like what the main street is sort of elevated and goes right through the middle of Syracuse. And so there's a lot of, like, overpasses and stuff, and it's that area is kind of a, ba- a seedy neighborhood. And so we head out, and, you know, I, you know, Country Mouse, I'm just like, ho, 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 look at City Life, we're heading towards the Landmark Theater. And Hesh is coming out the door, now he's in full Hesh, not quite full Hesh mode, but he's stumbling, and he's mo- he's a zombie basically. <laughs> he's, he's moving no faster than a George Romero zombie. And Randy and I are, you know, high school kids. We want to get to the fucking concert. We're 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 primed, you know. So we start. We we're like, fuck him, man. We got our tickets. Boom. We just start. We start hauling ass down the street, just ditching him, literally just like ditch hash. So we start heading down the street, and he's like, "Hey, where are you going? Hey, guys, wait up! Hey, wait up!" And we're like, and you know, Randy's just like, <laughs> and like <laughs> take it up. So you know, we we're about a block down, and we realize we don't know where the hell we're going. We're just ditching hash. So. We, we go up to, you know, a parking lot, and, you know, there's a parking attendant who's, like, an older Morgan Freeman, like, really black, you know, sort of kindly-looking black man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just sort of in his, in his attendance um, outfit. Oh, Miss Daisy! Yeah, yeah. And we walk up, and we're like, hey, do you know how to get the Landmark Theater from here? And, you know, it's a question he's probably heard eight trillion times. He's, like, giving us directions. And we're like, oh, getting directions. <laughs> Down the street, we hear Pete. Hey! <laughs> and now Randy's starting to crack up. Hey! And he's like, you know, a block away. He's like, wait up, guys! Hey! Hey! Niggers! Hey! <laughs> hey, you niggers! Wait up! See, he would do shit like that. He would do that, and Full I remember a lot of screaming. times he would stagger through the middle of the fucking... It could be a 20-lane interstate right. where everybody's driving with their headlights off going 100 miles an hour, and that drunken asshole would be able to make his way through it. It, well, it was like those movies you see where like somebody gets conked on the head. It's it's the luck and, of the... Dr- it's the, like, yeah. the blessing of the, like, the god of the drunk l- looking over him, like Bacchus is looking... I swear is, to God, yeah. Well... Let's just say the parking attendant was not the only person of color within earshot. <laughs> yeah, not that area. Of, and, of, not in this area. There are people walking all around of all colors. And here, and I mean, Pete is a lone guy, zombie walking down the street, yelling. And, you know, Randy and I are cracking up, but we're looking at the parking attendant going, don't look at us. He ain't with us. Yeah, we don't know this fucking guy. <laughs> ever seen his fucking scaly ass before in our lives, you know? Uh, but I mean, he's just like, "Wait up, niggers! Wait up!" And we're just like, "Oh, God!" And you know, Randy's just fucking lit up. He's just laughing his ass off. So we we get to the Landmark Theater, and we think he's you know we figure he's dead, <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> uh, I'm like, uh, that's the last I've seen of Peter R. Hash right there. You know, he ain't making it to the Landmark Theater. He ain't making it another half block before somebody asks him what he meant by that. <laughs> so, you know, we get in and it's uh it's it's a seated concert. So Randy is like in a whole different segment of you know, I think Pete might have bought my ticket because Pete's ticket was next to mine and Randy was in some whole other place. So Randy probably bought his ticket at a different time. So basically, I was at this concert all alone, and here I am in my like awkward clothes. Who's next to me? Just another awkward, hot little high school girl, and I'm just like, oh god, this is awesome, you know? And like, and 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 she's there with her mother, and her mother's a spaz. Her mother won't stop talking to me. I saw the Beatles at Shea Stadium. Blah blah blah. I screamed so loud that I passed out. And they stacked me in a pile with all these other girls. And I woke up at the bottom of a pile of girls. And, and I can't wait to see Julie and I'm so excited for my daughter. And, this, and, you know, it was working out awesome for me because the girl's looking at me and, like, rolling her eyes and just, like, isn't my mom uncool? And I'm like, yeah, your mom is so uncool. <laughs> and I've also got, like, I've also got some extra space during the concert because there's nobody sitting in the seat next to me because it's supposed to be Sneaky Pete. So... The concert goes along um, swimmingly, you know, as far as a Julian Lennon concert goes on. It's everything I guess you would imagine a Julian Lennon concert is until the very end when um, the encore is Day Tripper and the mother next to me goes ape shit. You know, he's doing a Beatles song. And so she starts screaming until she passes out and her daughter is just, her daughter would barely even talk to me she was so just you know beside herself with embarrassment so um day tripper's over it's the last song you know everybody's clapping and calling for an encore and he still hasn't played his hit song yet so you know that's going to be the encore and it's what was the name of that song? Valat. And it's a very yeah. quiet, you know, somber song. So I've got passed out mother on one side of me. And so Julian Lennon comes back out. The crowd's going crazy. And he, and meanwhile, I'll just like to say the Landmark Theater is a beautiful old, you know, classic, you know, venue theater, you know, old school movie theater with the curtains and everything. So it's this beautiful, ornate, you know, with the fake candles and it looks like kind of a mini opera house y type of look. And uh, so the the encore starting, it's Velat, and, you know, the, the opening tones of Velat start slipping out. And what do I hear? Julian! <laughs> <laughs> hey! Hey, Julian! <laughs> I turn my head. <laughs> Here comes Pete Hesh. Crawling, mind you. <laughs> His hands and knees, like a beggar in the scorched sun, up, <laughs> up the aisle of the Landmark Theater. Dead silence, you know, for this time. Hey, Julian! 
the funny thing is, is I wasn't there because I wasn't allowed to go, but I can so picture this in my mind's eye exactly <laughs> how this you, went down. And I know you got it right, too. You know, his guts dragging on the ground. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my good lord. He, you know, he, he made he, it. He was great at doing that, you know, plumber ass crack thing, no matter what <laughs> yeah. he was wearing. He, well, when, when you have that troll body, man, you can't yeah. wear pants without, you need suspend. <laughs> you need suspenders and your pants need to go up over your belly button. And you have to look like that kind of goofy or else you're going to look like ass crack goofy. You're just stuck. You can't be, it, there's no dignified look, unfortunately, for people with that build. It's just sad. Um... <laughs> So, so I'm just like, oh my God, the stories are true. Here he is. The concert's almost over. And you gotta imagine that whatever held him up, held him up between the show, it probably he ended up drinking with a bunch of black guys. <laughs> More than what likely. my guess is. But, you know, he got there just in time for the last song. And, <laughs> and, you know, and he's by this time he's crawling, so he's he's made it there on his hands and knees. He crawls right up to the front and starts heading right up on the stage, starts <laughs> cr- crawling over the barrier and and of course you know security's I see security grab him and start hauling him out. So then I'm like, well, <laughs> so much for Hesh, so. After the show, of course, I meet up with Randy, and Randy's just like, you know, tears are coming down his eyes, and he's just like, did you hear Hesh? Did you hear Hesh? He came in right at the end, and I'm like, dude, he crawled right down the aisle past me, and he's like, what did he do? And I'm like, he tried to crawl on stage, and they kicked him out, and, you know, we're laughing our asses off. So back to the hotel room we go, and we're back at the hotel room now, and just drinking beers and listening to music, and you know, generally enjoying ourselves. And then the phone rings. And we're like, oh, fuck, you know, we're in trouble, you know. Somebody's going to tell us to keep it. You know, I'm thinking someone's going to tell it to keep keep us keep it down, but I don't know about hotel rooms at this time, that nobody even knows that we're in there drinking and listening to music, you know. Whoa. Whoa. Badasses. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the phone rings, and I'm like, hello? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Pete, is that you? Yeah. Where? And then, you know, Randy's across the room going, is that Hesh? And I'm like, it's Hesh. And I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm with Julian Lennon. I'm partying with Julian Lennon. I'm like, you're lying. No, lying. He's like, hey, Julian, get on the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God, is he going to put Julian Lennon on the phone? He's like, yeah, I don't want to come on the phone. I'm like, and, you know, then Randy's got the phone. Hesh, where the hell are you? You know, the cops have it. He's like, I'm backstage with Julian Lennon. And now that I'm thinking of the roadie aspect, maybe he used a roadie, little roadie secret handshake or something and really did <laughs> get backstage with, with, but, you know, and. And, you know, and then Randy gives the phone back to me, and Hesh is just incoherent. It's just garbledy goop and the sound of people in the background. And, you know, and anybody who, who's listened to my um, acted out first chapter of the Star Wars 
Now they'll know <laughs> the origin of the Jawas <laughs> voices in that. <laughs> so uh, Pete was in Raz Razin Razin mode at that point. So, you know, Randy and I are laughing our asses off and we're like, that motherfucker's never gonna show up here again, you know? So then uh, about an hour later, phone rings again. Hey, it's me. And we're like, where are you? He's like, I'm in the lobby. Come get me. And we're I'm like, I'm telling you, dude, fucking Daredevil is envious of, of Pete Hesh's radar sense. I swear to Christ. Because well, again, Pete Hesh uses his radar sense probably without even knowing. It. Right. Probably right. just a series of blackouts. It's like, it's like, that, 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 that. Sauna. Hey, niggers! Julian! Hey, guys, I'm backstage with Julian Lennon with just black in between, you know? Nobody will ever know except for the other people around him who'll just think of him as that crazy, weird, drunk, racist guy. (laughs) So... So we go down to the lobby, and Pete is, like, slumped over in a chair, just, just polluted, you know, just, you know, he's got that thing where he's in the chair, and he's holding his head up with his hand, but his whole face is smushed over, and he's he's awake, but he's drooping down, and so Randy's just like, oh, God, yes, and so he's like, hash, hash, wake up, hash, slap, slap. Wake up! Get a grip on yourself! What the hell's the matter with you? You're drunk! Hesh, you're drunk! Yeah! So, we fucking haul him up. <laughs> haul him up on his feet and sort of drunk walk him into the, into the elevator and hit our floor. And about halfway up, Randy starts laughing and, and keeps dropping him and like he's falling on the floor. We, Get up, god damn it, god damn it, Pete. Oh, god damn it. And he would stop and he'd stop the elevator and he's like, I'm not starting the elevator until you get your ass up, Pete. I, I was resting here. No, you gotta get up, man. You gotta get up. We're, we're, you gotta get back to the room. You gotta get your shit together. How are you gonna drink more beer? I need more beer. So. About halfway up, Randy starts the elevator again, but opens the door on the next floor that we're going, and we just chuck him out. <laughs> just chuck him out in the hallway, fucking close the door, and laughing our asses off, go back up in the room, drink more beer. Just like, yeah, I wonder how long it'll, you know, at this point, it's like a fish that you keep catching in the lake. And you keep, and after a while, you're like, I'm gonna toss this motherfucker back and see how long it takes before he takes the bait again, you know. So we're waiting for him to come back up to the room. He ain't coming back up to the room. We don't hear anything. No phone call, nothing. Randy and I are sort of not admitting it to each other, but we're starting to feel bad that that we just taught, you know, because this is how it always goes. You're cruel to Pete Hash, and then you start sitting around, and everybody starts going, you know. Inside their heads, they're going, you know, that Heshi ain't such a bad guy. He's a nice guy, you know. I, I think should... there's a, I think there's fifty percent that and the fifty percent is, you know, there but for the grace of God, it could be <laughs> Goes me. Hesh. You know? <laughs> you know? It could be me. You know, in an alternate <laughs> no, reality. At yeah. that point at that point in my mind, there's no way now I can now I can realize that. But in my mind at that time, 
and I don't think in Randy's mind either that either of us thought that we would ever <laughs> reach, you know, it's sort of that just shoot me, you know, thing. it's just right. like, you know, I mean, I mean, how could we with, by, with having Pete Hesh as an object lesson <laughs> as to why you wouldn't want to do that? Although, now that I think of it, I'm not seeing like Pete Hesh get injured or going to jail or really paying for anything paying for any of it with anything but his dignity <laughs> i mean i i swear to god i i've heard so many stories like this and were was privy to a good many of them as well <laughs> right i don't remember pete ever getting robbed i don't remember him ever getting his ass kicked i don't remember him ever getting arrested i don't remember him ever getting seriously injured it could have happened you know well, not the serious not the seriously injured but he could have gotten robbed arrest probably not arrested but he could have probably gotten robbed any number of times and nobody would ever know it except the person who took the money out of his pocket you know right because you know i mean you know we're talking blackout drunk so we felt bad for the poor little guy so we decided we're gonna go back and get him so (laughs) we're trying to remember what floor he was on (coughs) we can't remember so we're just getting off on every floor, and it's if you remember, it's a round hotel. Right. So we would go on each floor and walk in a full circle back to the elevators. No hash, okay. Next floor down. No hash, okay. Next floor down. So we're running around the corner, and Randy's running ahead of me, and we're doing that. And we're, by this time, we're kind of drunk, you know. We've been and drinking beer. I can imagine beer. Randy's doing the da 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 da. Exactly. Da, da, da. That's how he runs. Exactly. He runs like William Shatner, it's fucking hysterical. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is he was built sort of like the later William Shatner. Too. Yeah. Third season Kirk. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we're running in a circle. Randy's ahead of me. And I see Randy hit the floor like Pee Wee Herman style laughing. Just like (laughs) hit the floor and just like convulsing in laughter. And I'm like, oh, God. So I round the corner and there's Pete sitting on the floor and somebody had gotten room service and like put their scraps of room service outside their door and you know so he had the tray with all the lids off the tray and there's like half eaten buns and stuff and he's just got like this bun up to his mouth he's like gumming it and he's like sitting like a little kid you know on a picnic with his legs around this tray full of like wilted lettuce and, and crumbs and and half eaten bagels and biscuits and like ah, yam, yam, yam. <laughs> and I'm like oh you gotta be shitting me so Randy and I composed ourselves and, and you know he's just like Pete look at you you pathetic piece of oh my god what are you doing <laughs> come on you gotta come back to the room well, I'm just having a snack come on and no this isn't your food Pete we're going back to the room we got chips up in the room so we <laughs> get Pete back up in the fucking in the in the elevator and we're holding him up and i and randy looks down and you're talking the ass crack jeans in the back pocket of his ass crack jeans he's got a fucking he's got a fucking a fucking container of ketchup and in the other ass pocket he's got a fucking mustard and I, I don't know why that's, I, 
But Randy and I just fucking lost it. <laughs> he's just like, what do you got the fucking ketchup for, Pete? And he's like, yeah, it's free. <laughs> so we get back. We get back to the room. And by now, Randy's starting to get pretty drunk. And Randy's like, God damn it, Pete. What are you stealing ketchup for? And, and Pete's like, eh, and he's like, got the ketchup in his hand. And Randy's like trying to take the ketchup away from him. Takes the ketchup away from Pete and just wings it out the window. And, <laughs> and then I see Randy go, oh, throwing things out the window. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, Randy's looking around the room. Finally, Randy and I decide it's a better idea to stop throwing ketchup and mustard bottles out the window. I mean, and they're fucking sailing out the window and fucking hitting the parking lot. You know, there's people, like, looking around like, what the hell? You know, ketchup. Incredibly stupid. And then, you know, Randy would whip the ketchup bottle, you know, out the window and be like, Pete, stop throwing ketchup bottles out the window. God damn it, you're going to hurt somebody. So then Randy and I got the bright idea. That we were, we were making paper airplanes and chucking paper airplanes out, but that got boring. So then we elevated it to uh, cubes of ice from the, the, the bathtub. And and then just, you know, by, by, by the end of the night, you know, um, there, was, there was more incidents of Randy demanding his money. But by this time, Pete was like, almost, it was almost slumber time for Pete. So we basically <laughs> just fucking wrapped him up in, in, in like, a couple blanket, like, wrapped him up like a mummy, like, tied him <laughs> into the blankets and left him on the floor and continued partying the rest of the night. I don't believe, I, I, I think I took the bus home. I think Pete ro- rode home with Randy. But that basically was my first Pete Hesh experience. So I got like I got a concentrated dose right off the bat. Thanks to Randy who I'm you know, I'm positive made sure that it was all set up to happen like that. But that's a good first concert too. First hash exp- Oh hell first, yeah. First like solo rock concert even though it is Julian Lennon it was not by any means very rock and roll at all. But so after that, I knew <laughs> what that that it was no that the stories were even if there was some exaggeration, there was probably some stuff left out that people forgot that was even more outrageous than the exaggerated oh, yeah. story. Because I, I I really don't I, I I haven't told that story in a long time, so a lot of it was just coming back to me. So I really didn't get a lot of chance to. To, to color it <laughs> to, no you told it very it well that's pretty much the pump way I remember up. hearing it because I remember you and Randy both telling me stories about this afterwards and that was a really weird experience for me because I really wanted to go just really just to hang out just with you to guys see. because yeah. you know, I mean I was mildly interested in, in Julian Lennon but I mean I'd never been to a concert or anything but I just I always found it very very ironic that you guys got to go and here I knew Syracuse better than either one of you you know I'd right, been there a right. lot of times I knew my way around and everything you know I was a little more you know city savvy for lack of a better term but what bugged me a lot about it was that you know you were my friend you know I remember Randy 
really taken a long time to kind of warm to you in high school. And I remember him always yeah. giving you a lot of shit and everything. And then you guys were going off to that concert. And at first, you know, there was this feeling of, oh, good, I'm glad these two are finally, you know, getting along and, and everything. And then the, the very, you know, the very next thought was like, wait a minute, he's my friend, you know? So, you know, I was a little bit jealous about the whole thing. But then when you guys came back and you guys were just telling me all these crazy ass stories about Pete and the, the fucking shenanigans, I mean, I, I was just dying. I really wish I could have gone, but I wonder if the stories would be as good if I had been there as well, you know? Well, I, you know, Randy and I liked each other well enough, and I think what really got us more friendly, what, what, what actually, you know, warmed Randy up was we shared an art class together. And, uh, and, you know, Ra Ra Randy, that's, we, that, Randy had another foil in that class, and that was a kid named Don Halverson. Oh, yeah. Who Randy called Buck. And he would talk about this guy in front of him by talking about someone named Buck Huny. <laughs> but that's another whole story. Oh, yeah. To, to, yeah, there's too many good Pete Hesh stories for this one, but there'll be, there'll be more storytellers to, to, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, we got to do one on Eli Nutter someday. There's a oh, name yeah. for you to wonder about for a little while. Eli, Eli Nutter, king of the science frontier. <laughs> and, uh, well, my favorite, my favorite Hess story is the one that, that you and I were both in, involved in. And I'll tell this one since you told the other one. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's, there's one other, there's one other Hess story after it, but it's sort of, I, I, and that involves me. And I think it would be a nice little... Uh, coda to this whole thing. <laughs> All right. After, after, after this, this someday I would like to make a move, a movie about this, involving this or whatever. This was just a. This was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> do tell. <laughs> well, you know, I remember you know after the the initial thing with the bar and everything where I met Pete. You know, I, I I saw him periodically from time to time after that, and it was usually pretty harmless. You know, he was usually wasted, but it was always like you know, hey, how you doing? Coming or going from a hockey game or a con, you know, one of my uncle's concerts, or I can even remember us going over to Pete's house a number of times and just like listening to records and shit and hanging out over there. And like I say, he was he was fairly you know good guy and everything, but he was always just funny because he was just always plowed all the time. And then, uh, you know, time went by, and I can't remember how, I can't remember the genesis of it, how it started, but, you know, people have to remember, this was back in the 80s, man. This was way before anybody ever come up with, you know, could even fathom the idea of, like, you know, caller ID or star 69 or anything like that. So, right. you know, we, we grew up where there was not shit to do but get in trouble you know just hell raise and, and just pull pranks and shit and so we used to get together and just do prank phone calls all the time and i can't remember how it got started but we used to prank <laughs> phone call people as pete hesh all the fucking time and the poor slob that, that i think took the well there was two guys really that took the brunt of it was pete's dad al alfred we, we called all the time yeah well, that's the ultimate challenge, calling someone's own father, doing an impression of them, and having them think that they're talking. And yeah, I got to say, Scott and I, Scott and I were like interchangeable. Like yep. you could put us on the phone and Pete Hesh was on the other, other line as far as 
as far as I know, there was nobody who was like, wait, this isn't Pete. You know? Not Al, one. Al did not catch on to that until Randy tried to do it. When Randy tried to do it, he blew it. And uh, I remember yeah. then after that, Al wouldn't buy it anymore. But for the longest time, it was it would be hysterical because you'd call him up and, and Al would get progressively more pissed as the as the conversation. He's like, "God damn it, Pete! You're, oh, you're God a, damn it, Pete! <laughs> he's like, you're a drunken, pathetic mess. And, ah, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Ah, Jesus Christ!" Ah, ah. And just bitching, and, you know. So you're trying to do your impersonation and not just die laughing at the well, same time. Well, of course, so there was always another person there, just like laughing their ass off, oh, you know, I in know. the background, or like, you know, it was, it was that, you know. I mean, you never laugh as as hard as you do when you're like middle school age, young high school kid. You know, it's like, you know, literally, you you'll you could die of a brain aneurysm try if you try to keep yourself from from laughing at someone else's misery. <laughs> <laughs> so then shit didn't pan out with with Al after a while. He he just stopped, you know, he as soon as he would he would answer the phone and he'd be like, "Yeah, he'd just hang up, you know." I'm 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 at tops. I'm wasted. <laughs> we called him one time. <laughs> I just remembered this. We called him one time and we're talking away to him. He was like, "Oh, wait a minute." He goes you hear him set down the phone. He walks in another room and he's like, I can't remember what he said. It was something like, what the hell? And he comes back to the phone and he's like, what the hell is this? Pete's in the living room. <laughs> so we had actually called him while Pete was actually in the house. It was hysterical. We'd do that shit all the time. And, you know, and, and we'd see him every once in a while and everything, but then I, it seemed like, to my memory anyway, like a long stretch went by where we didn't see Pete or we didn't have like any interaction with him or anything. <laughs> no, the most interact at that point, we didn't really need to see him. We were doing a full career calling Danny Burgess and oh yeah, Jack Slater, <laughs> so and, and Alfred and yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we were in school and everything too, so it's probably like a whole. Sc- I think a whole school year went yeah. by between yeah, yeah. that concert and the start of the next summer. Now, this would be the summer between our junior and senior years. And I remember this being right at the start of the summer, like one of the very first like weeks or weekends or whatever. It was like warm, the beginning warm of summer, summer evening, yeah. And so you had come over to my place, and by that time we were living out in Feltz Mills, which, you know, was quite a distance away from where you were living in, in Carthage. And so, you know, we had you over to my place and we were staying up and we were, it was fairly late as I recall. I want to think it was like 10, 11 o'clock, something like that. were in bed. They were in bed, yeah. So it was just the two of us downstairs fucking around. Well, that was when we got to, that was when we got to actually like watch HBO. It was yeah. like, as soon as your parents went to bed, it was like, ooh, what's on HBO tonight? Or Yeah. And, and barring anything good on HBO, there was always MTV. So I can't remember what we were watching, but I remember us being kind of bored with it and just we were just sitting around shooting the shit Sit- and you know watching yeah. HBO or whatever. And all of a sudden, you hear this fucking calamity out on the front porch. Like, what the fuck is that? So I got up and go out there, and we had like we had like a front porch, you know, with a screened-in door and everything, and then like the front door. 
And I remember him being out at the at the screen door, just like pounding the shit out of it. Like he probably was so drunk he couldn't figure out how to open the door. Right. But I remember going out there, and uh, and it was fucking hash. And we had a, a bar down at the end of our street. I can't. What the hell was the name of that dive? Bar you food. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Was it? It well, it had. It was it. It was it had it was somebody's it was a name it was like yeah it was like Rosie's Bar or some or, shit yeah. like that yeah I can't remember the name of it but it was down at the it was literally at the end of our street we lived in like a like a U turn or not a U turn but like Mike a, Cross will be able to fill us in on yeah that. I can't think of what the hell you call it but anyway it was like you know was, you, you'd go down the street and it'd circle around and come up and it was a di- completely different street on the other side it had two different names but that bar was down at the end of the street. And this drunken asshole comes staggering up the street and everything, and he, I don't, I didn't even know he knew where we fucking lived. He might not have even known whose place he was knocking on the door. I swear to God. He just had this radar sense, you know? So he comes out and he, you know, so I answer the door, and he's like, hey, it's Gibbers, He's like, I, I can't even remember what the hell he wanted. I think he wanted, he wanted a ride his, home. He wanted my father to get up and give him a ride home. Yeah. And I was like, Dad. And I was like, uh, Pete, my dad's sleeping. It's like the middle of the night, man. I was like, you know, yeah, you go away. Thomas, ride. I want to stress to people that this was not a man standing at the door, knocking at the door. He was like, crawled up the steps. He was oh, like, yeah. he was in crawl mode. He'd probably crawled to your house from the bar. So well, by about this time, I remember you coming up behind me, like, "What the hell is going on?" And we're just looking at each other, like, "Shit, we can't believe our we good just fortune." Hit the you cold know? mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this drunken <laughs> asshole just showed up on a on a night where we were bored, stupid. So you know, but I was afraid he was going to wake my parents up, you know. And uh, so he's he starts doing that crying. No, you thing you you woke up. your parents up. I remember you going and going, Dad. Pete Hesh is here and he wants a ride. What do you want? What do you want him to do? And I remember your dad like, "What? Who? Pete Hesh?" And he's like, "Pete Hesh is here. He wants a ride home. Tell him to go. Tell him to fucking walk home. <laughs> Fuck off." Yeah. yeah, basically. And then he went back. I to didn't sleep. remember that, but I think you're uh, right. I remember. Yeah, I, I, I totally remember being at the, the. You know, your dad was just like ama- He was awake and then just like amazed and like. And then, like, fuck him, you know, basically, and then went right back to sleep and was just like, just tell him to go away and don't wake me up. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that is, you know, not long ago, I called up there to talk to my dad. It might have been back on Father's Day, I forget, maybe his birthday or something. It was not uh-huh. long ago. I called up there and I called him via Skype. And because your account can call phone numbers, right, I right. used your Skype. Why? Well, <laughs> and something's up to where I could hear him when he answered the phone, and he couldn't hear me. So, like the third time, I he answers the phone, and I hear some, I hear him in the background. My mother's like, "Who is it?" Or and he says, "It's fucking Pete." <laughs> <laughs> so I hear him like, "Oh, hello," and he hangs up. Like, the more I call him, the more pissed off he's getting, you know? Right, because he thinks Pete's drunk dialing him. Yes, then finally I called him on the house phone, and I was like, it's me, goddammit, answer the phone, you know? It was hysterical. So once I told him about it, he thought it was really funny. He was like, he, he goes, all I could think was, how the hell does Ash know where we live? <laughs> so anyway, 
I and I didn't remember that I had woken my parents up or that they got woken. But I guess that that probably leads into what eventually happened. Now that you say that, so you know, Pete goes into full out, you know, crying drunk. I thought he was my friend, and he's he's like really. And I and then I felt bad. I was like, Jesus, you know, how's this asshole gonna walk all the way from Felts Mills to where he lives? Way to fuck down on Union Street and Black River, a fucking <laughs> yeah. town away. You about know? two miles, yeah. I would yeah. say about, maybe more even. A few, I would say it's probably closer to five miles, wouldn't you say? No. Maybe even. Eh. No, but I mean, no. But I mean, it was, it's, it's a hike and he's plowed. But yeah. of course, I'm underestimating. And there's a big ass hill between Feltz Mills and Black River. Well, plus, I'm, I'm totally underestimating both his superpower. And, you know, the the ability of, like, his guardian angel, right, to just see him through every situation unscathed. So finally I managed to chase him off the front porch, you know, him calling me a son of a bitch and every other name in the book the whole time. And I thought he was my friend, you son of a bitch. And he, so he finally staggers off. You just eventually closed the door on him and went back inside. So we go back inside, and I remember you and I like we we eventually came to do so well we just kind of looked at each other and like nothing was spoken between us it was like we both we went know what to do <laughs> we turned off the television we locked up the house and we're out the door you know it was like no discussion whatsoever we were like no no we are not letting this opportunity <laughs> yeah this has been offered to us by the gods yes so we run out, and I, th- actually, I actually think I think we didn't. We go out the, did we go out the front door or the back door? We probably it's, went out the back out door the back because door. that would be less likely to wake your parents for sure. Exactly. It's on the opposite side of the house. Well, because then that way we could sneak through the woods and everything in the back. Right. Yeah. So we're running down through there, and there was a train trestle that went across the the creek that ran through our backyard. So you and I are going across the train trestle. It's the middle of the fucking night, and it's all dark. And it, I remember us kind of losing our bearings and being like. Where that we stopped at one point. We're looking all around, like, where the fuck did he go? And about the same time we got the words out of our mouth, where the fuck did he go? You hear, <laughs> and he's like just puking out everything, right? And Not, you and I just die and laughing. Now like, at oh, this point, like where the train trestles are, it's like a path that goes through the woods. We right. come out through the path, and we were sort of running through that little field around. Where Mike, between where Mike Cross's house was and the main road, the one main road that headed towards Black River before it forked into the other road that went sort of towards Fort Drum and then into Black River where Randy lived. And we were literally like running through like dewy grass, like, where is he? I can't believe we lost him. How, how the hell? He couldn't have gotten very far, right? We're going to have to backtrack. What? And it was like. It was like over the curve of the road. Right. You know, we could hear him on the... He was on the other side of the road and down in the ditch. Literally in the ditch by the side of the road, puking. And instead of going, oh my God, we got to help this poor man. Now, what did we do? We start laughing our asses off and... Well, then what did we start doing? Well, then we started picking up clods of dirt and just chucking them blindly over the street and laughing our asses off. At one we, point, we were Scott- on the top of the train trestle, which was all like, it was like, uh, I don't know what that, that those rocks are that they put on, you know, like on train tracks, which is like that, those ground up, it's not quite gravel, but it's, it's like a little bit bigger than gravel, but not quite like a rock. Right. And we started picking those up and chucking them over there. 
and you, that's where we finally figured out exactly where, because all we could do was hear him. But that's how we finally figured out where we, where he was, because we kept chucking stuff, and then I, every once in a while you hear me be going, <laughs> and of course that would put us on the ground. <laughs> In a bullseye. <laughs> so we're, we're so eventually because we keep checking rocks at him and getting him down. We're like we're like fucking shepherding him down the road toward like the closest well, civilization. Well, you're, you're leaving rocks. out. You're leaving out one of the one of the famous. This is this is this is a classic Pete Hesh line used by Scott and I to crack each other up for years to come. Is, is, <laughs> Scott had a goddamn good throwing <laughs> arm on him. <laughs> he chucked a clod up there. <coughs> Arcs up, comes down. <laughs> I'll get you, you bastards. I'll get you. <laughs> we're just like laughing our asses off because we know there's no way we're gonna. He's gonna get us. And yes, so, and, yes. Yeah, so go go on. Well, he manages to stagger, and we're like. Like I say, we're almost like shepherding him along by like prodding. We were rocks in the ass. And stuff. We were kind of like wolves following a dying <laughs> antelope and waiting for it to die. We were just like a few steps behind and just like keeping our distance. It's hard to tell how aware he was that we were even there. I it was weird that way. Yeah. Then we. I can't remember why we lost him because we were on a shorter shortcut to where we eventually wound up. And of course, moving faster because we could run. But somehow or other, he beat us to that whatever the hell the name of that place it was, was. A little, that little mom and pop store, mom and gas, pop station, store yeah. gas station. And they were long closed because by this time it's probably midnight or later. And we got there, and again, it was a matter of where the fuck is he? And we got there, he's in a phone booth, laying in the bottom of the phone booth. He's got the phone off the hook talking to who the fuck knows who, he's, who he thinks he's talking to and the phone's going meh, 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 meh. and he's sitting there going yeah double white emergency double white double white and we're like what the fuck is a double white <laughs> you know so I remember us just coming across that and like you say just falling on the ground and kicking our feet just the, laughing the door, it's old ass. school Superman phone booth so oh, it's got Superman the door the folding booth. door closed in there and it's all sweaty in there you know there's condensations that it, you know Matt 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 double white and he's he remember he was kept saying Jack's he was thought he was calling Jack Slater and <laughs> we're laughing and then we run across, there was like a hair salon or hair studio or somebody's house where it was like a hair place or something. We were like in the lawn of it and we're just looking across and we're like crouched there like, you know, it's like a military operation. And we're like, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? And we started planning how we were going to fuck with. That's when we really started planning. Well, that's when my favorite Pete line of the entire the entire night happened. Because then you slicked your hair back from yeah. however you normally wore it. You slicked it all back and tried to disguise yourself. And you as took as if your that made a difference. Off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you took your glasses off. You run up to the phone booth and start pounding on the door. And you're like, <laughs> Mister, Mister, I need to use the phone. Mister, Mister, my mother's having a baby. Please, please, Mister, I need to use the phone. He looks straight at it. He goes, Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off, kid. <laughs> and then I'm like, holy shit, the nerve of this guy, man. My mother's having a fucking baby, and this guy's not going to let me use the... That was hysterical. Well, then... Emergency. 
Stephen, of all people, showed my uncle Stephen showed up. That's right. I can't remember if my father called him or what the hell happened. Uh, do you remember how he sh- he just like materialized out of nowhere? I like, think I'll take no. I think I think Hesh called him. I think probably <laughs> Hesh got one call through to Stephen. Stephen probably hung up the phone and came to get Hesh. Hesh just stayed on the line. Long after it started going, map, 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 map. So he probably got in blackout mode, woke up after somehow miraculously crawling to the phone and dialing Steven's number and getting in there. But remember, Steven was pissed. He was, he was yeah, pissed. Yeah, he was not happy. And uh, I think Pete used to do that shit all the time, too. I think he was yeah. constantly getting like Steven and my uncle Frank. <laughs> well, we used to we used to call people and pretend to be... If Pete wasn't yeah, doing it never, all the time, we, we were doing called, it all the time. We never <laughs> called my uncles, though. I mean, I, I didn't No, call, we only called Jackson. But, but when yeah. we did call people and were like, you gotta come pick us up, they weren't like, what the hell's going on? It was something that had happened to them before. Because <laughs> they were like, ah, right. oh, come on, Pete. Yeah. It's the middle of the goddamn night. I'm fucking smashed. I can't. Come on, I can't even fucking walk. I'm lying on the ground. I I'm lying on the ground. I pissed my pants. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Pete. All right, I'll be right there. But you'll be there, right? Yeah, I'm laying on. Where are you? I'm on the ground on the phone booth at Tops. <laughs> All right, don't move. <laughs> I can remember times where we would do that shit and then hang up the phone and jump on our bikes and rock our asses down there. Just <laughs> watch a car fucking circle up. <gasps> like, out and they go, let's peel out and fucking leave. <laughs> so anyway, Stephen picks, picks him up. And I remember Stephen having uh, just like this fucking long-suffering look on his face like, I'm getting fucking tired of this asshole. <laughs> so he drives Pete home. So then you and I, I still to this day can't decide if this was uh, it was cool or, or if this was the stupidest part of the, of the thing. But we had fun. Instead of doing the smart thing and walking back to the house and being like, well, that was a, that was a lot of fun. That yeah. was the end of the night. We walked all the way over to Black River. And we, because I think we were still on a high from having fun. Oh yeah, we were fucking. We were you spazzy kids, and you're out. uh, You're out at night. Come on, you don't get tired at all. You're like ready for trouble. So we walked all the way over to Black River. We walked over to my my grandparents' house, and we're like knocking, like trying not to wake anybody up, like knocking on Randy's window. I'm trying to get him. I was like, wake up, asshole! You know. So he finally gets. You know, you see him like. Get out of here. He's like poking his head out, looking like Norman Bates or something. He's looking yeah. out. He sees us. He's like, "What the fuck?" So he's getting. He's like, "Come on, come on, get out, come on, get out of here." And so we're telling him all this shit. Well, then we walk and talk. We wind up walking all the way down to the ball field down in like the middle of Black River, and we're just hanging out down there. And we weren't doing anything. I mean, it's not like we were out raising hell, which you know was one of the rare, few rare occasions we weren't out raising hell. But we actually weren't doing anything but sitting on the swings, just shooting the shit, just basically giving Randy a recap of what happened, yeah. and you know, just talking about stuff. And this had to be what, like four, four thirty in the morning, <coughs> something like that. Yeah, it was late, 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 early. So then you see these headlights, and this fucking car comes flying to the parking lot, screeches to a halt, and 
you know, his figure jumps out like fucking Manix or something, and it was my grandfather, and he was fucking pissed. And it's one of the few times I actually thought that he might beat my ass, you know, because my grandfather never laid a hand on me. Now, I heard horror stories, like, from my father about my grandfather when he was younger, like, whooped the shit out of him. But he, you know, he never laid a hand on me. But it was the, the one time in my life I thought, he's gonna beat my ass. Mm-hmm. I just remember him being like... I thought he was gonna beat my ass. <laughs> he looked crazed, didn't he? He looked... He, he was really livid. So he's like, your father's... You better get your ass home. Your father's... Blah, blah, blah. And I thought, Christ, you know. Oh, by this time, we knew... Once we knew that your parents were involved... Yeah. We knew that the shit had hit the fan because they'd either discovered that we were gone or, or Lance had woken that somehow they found out and that was not good news. Nope. Not at all. So we got back. I don't really remember a whole lot of anything. I mean, I don't remember like a lot of fussing and screaming. I just remember my mother being like really pissed off. But the, the punishment that I ended up getting was that we got grounded from each other for, like, the entire rest of the fucking summer. And it sucked. And I remember every every couple of, you know, probably every couple of days, but it seemed like it was a couple of weeks then. I don't know. But every so often, I'd be like, you know, I sure would like to get together with Chris. And, you know, we'd like to, no, no, you're, guy, you're grounded. And she stuck to it, too. I yeah. mean, she stuck her guns. That whole summer was ruined. It was one of those groundings where we were like, well, that's kind of harsh, but then we're like, those ground, those kind of groundings usually never took. You know, the parents yeah. after a while were like, well, you know, I think they've seen the error of their ways, you know. No, she she stuck to it on that one, and, and our entire senior summer was shot. We didn't get to get together at all, and that sucked. But it was, I don't know, I can't I can't decide if I think it was worth it for that awesome, because that was a lot Well, I gotta fun. tell you, that story is not even part, isn't even over yet, because once we got back to your house, remember, that's when we started calling Pete, <laughs> and letting the phone ring forever and ever and ever, and then he would pick it up, and he'd hang up, and he would go, yeah, and then we'd go, yeah, <laughs> and then he would be like, who the hell is this? It's me, Hash. Who the hell is this? And then he'd hang up on us, and then we'd call him again, and do the, over <laughs> and over. And then finally, he just passed out, and we would just let the phone ring and ring and ring. Remember, we'd be watching TV, and the phone would be on the floor <laughs> next to you. And every once in a while, we'd pick it up to make sure it was still ringing, and put it down, and start laughing because it was because we knew Pete was passed out, but we knew like. Remember, Pete lived on, like, one half of the house, and Alfred lived on the other half right. of the house? But we knew uh, they that they shared the same phone, and we knew that Alfred would just be hearing that phone ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. And we basically were doing that till the sun was coming up. Because at that point, but at that point, we knew we were boned. We knew we were, we, we were, we were in trouble, so we might as well squeeze... Now I vaguely remember when was. Do you remember an occasion where we where we took garbage cans and garbage, and and spread it on his front steps? I do. I can't remember was, this. Yeah, we knew he was going to be crawling home, so we put garbage <laughs> on the front steps so he would have to crawl under the garbage. I remember door. an occasion. I can't remember how the hell we coerced him out of the house, but I remember one time where. Somebody or other got him to step out of the house onto the front doorsteps, and we drove by and just peppered the shit out of the place with eggs. I yeah. remember that. 
That was around that. That was, I think that was like something. That was something where where I think that was like after you'd gone into the military, and we all got and it was like one of those weird occasions where we all were able to get together for a night. And we were in Black River, and we're like, let's throw some eggs at Hesh's house for old times' <laughs> sake. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the prank, the whole prank call aspect, that thing, you know, it started out with the give me a ride. Then there was a whole, we found a different direction because we knew there was a local, quote unquote, celebrity. And he was on the news and the radio, and he had a kitty show, and his name was Danny Burgess. And he was just kind of. <laughs> You know, we Scott and I used to just mercilessly rip on his kitty show, and you know, and, and was he the was he the weather guy on the? He news? was the weatherman, yeah. And uh, he was and just he was one of those people that like he hammy. reminds me of that that guy who who briefly replaces um, Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam, where everybody sends him in the letters saying, you know, you suck, because yeah. he he thought he was hysterical, but he was just seriously lame and you'd just be like why do people watch this shit he's not funny you know I'm telling you I would pay money to watch a Danny Burgess show now just for the <laughs> sheer thrill of it nostalgia but Danny Burgess and Danny Burgess he was you know like in his heyday he used to do he was kind of a theater guy he would do all the plays and he and se- semi-famous and you know and he would, probably was a pretty shitty actor and ended up being the weatherman and getting his steady gig, and he would do voiceover ads and stuff like that, all of which we would mock, and he would do ads for TV. And, you know, he sort of looked like my grandfather Berger on my mother's side. He had that sort of German, you know, like old German guy look. And, he, yeah, he was an old, cheesy, washed-up actor who happened to be really good drinking buddies with Pete Hesch. So, Scott and I had already, you know, we'd fixated on Pete Hesh as someone to pick on and Danny Burgess when we found out that the two of them would get together and hit the bars. Well, it was only a natural... And this was in the day when, you know, Danny Burgess, let's look him up in the phone book. And we'd call up Danny Burgess and be like, yeah, it's Pete! You know, and then set up arrangements to meet at a bar, and of course Pete wouldn't show up. And Danny probably didn't think anything of it. He probably thought, that goddamn Hesh, he was too drunk to make it here, oh well. He blew me, and then it probably, you know, ended up in some funny situations where he's like, Pete, where were you? Like, I didn't call you, or whatever, you don't remember. I remember the one time we chased Danny Burgess on his bike. Or was that Glenn Goff? That was, was Glenn Danny. Goff. Glenn Goff. <laughs> well, see, we started picking on Glenn Goff, too, because he used to do that friggin' uh, telethon. You know, they had the, the pathetic telethon where they'd come on there and... Was it a telethon or was it like a precursor to something like, uh, like, um, what do you call it? You know, where you buy shit on on television. What, what is this? Oh, the au- that's what it was. It was a cha- like a charity auction. That's what yeah, it, was it was called. Auction action. And we used to call into that as Pete all the time because the funniest one we ever did was they were doing an ad. It was for something called Cozy Toes. It was like a foot warmer. <laughs> we called up and go, Yeah, that looks wonderful. I'd like a box of Cozy Toes, please. <laughs> <laughs> we used to call and do that shit oh my just God. so that we could watch the person that we were talking to on the television. On live TV. We used to call in the... Remember the PBS one where the Cub Scouts were 
We're doing <laughs> Like I called them up and I saw the Cub Scout pick up the phone and go hello and I'm like That's a nice costume you're wearing. And I could see him hold the like phone away from him and I'm like you know, like yeah, that's, that's right. That's a nice costume you're wearing. And like you can see him slam down the phone and somebody going, What was that? And he goes, I don't know, it must you can read his lips going, I don't know, it must have been some kind of prank and you know, we're in front of the TV just like <laughs> <laughs> like salacious crumb, I guess. Apparently, we used to do that with Pete with the Pete th- voice. Though we'd call up to the to that charity auction thing and just mercilessly fuck with it. Oh, we, we uh, I, 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 I've been a penny for that piece of shit. Or we'd call up the PBS auction. Uh, yeah, I'll give you fifteen cents to put Doctor Who back on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> And again, you'd see him like hold the phone away from their from their head and just look at the receiver. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And and but you know, as all all things that Scott and I get our hands on, after a while it turned dark, very dark. That's when I got the that's when I got the bright idea to escalate it. And here's where I got in over my head because I didn't. This was another uh, another crazy. I don't even know if I want to say their names. Let's just let, uh, let's just call them the 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 Gatlin brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the old. Um, I'm trying to think of what. Remember that Kenny Rogers song? Everyone considered him the coward of the county. Remember <laughs> the the three boys come in, the troublemaker boys come in, and 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 like rape his girlfriend or whatever. I wish I could remember what the name of those guys are, because that's what the... But anyway, the Gatlin brothers, um, or the, the Oak Ridge boys were this... <laughs> the Gatlin <laughs> brothers were this uh, infamous family in the Black River area of, you know, if it was the Old West, they would be the black-hatted thugs. They were basically people you did not want to cross at all. And they 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 would kick your ass. They would make they, they, they who knows what they would do. One of them, I remember, one of them ended up in jail for shooting up our like the the local power company because they sent him a bill or something. He got drunk and like you know always in and out of jail and just basically having the reputation and don't mess with them, which of course meant to me that I should call them up as Pete Hesh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, is this Tim Gatlin? Yeah. It's Pete Hesh. All you Gatlin boys is bastards. <laughs> what? You heard me, you little faggot. All you Gatlin boys is bastards. <laughs> Pete, I swear to God, if I see it. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I ain't gonna do nothing. Well, <laughs> bad idea. Once again, although I've never heard of Pete Hesh getting hurt or beat up, but Pete Hesh called me up just like, What the hell are you doing? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, eventually it was you. You were the Jiminy Cricket in this whole thing. You were like, Dude, you better tell Pete what you did and, you know... And fix this whole situation because the person because you knew the you knew the you know I just heard stories 
Jersey Boys and thought, well, whatever, you know. But you knew they that these guys would fucking crazy. kill him. Yeah, they yeah, would. They, kill were, him. they would truly kill. They would truly kill him, you know. And you know they were probably involved in illegals. Who knows whatever? But they're bad news. And you're like, dude, you have to call up Pete and tell. So I called up Pete and was like, look, I'm sorry, man. I'm the one who called up, you know, the Gatlin brothers on you. And you know, I'm the, I'm the one who called the Oak Ridge Boys and made them sing Elvira to you. Giddy up, pop, So, so he was just like, "What the hell?" You know, calls me up <laughs> he was going, up "What panic. the hell are you thinking?" Oh my God, they're gonna kill me! So, finally, the plan was hatched, and and I can't remember. I I, I ended up calling them back up and saying, "Look, I'm the guy who who I was pretending to be Pete Hesh. It wasn't Pete Hesh. I was just pulling a joke." didn't know you'd take it seriously and and that was truly scary because the guy's just like well what's your name and i'm like i don't think i want to tell you your name and he's like i'll find out who you are and when i do blah, blah, blah. and i was just like "Ooh, shit time to go to college <laughs> <laughs> and, well, you know, uh, in, in the long run i kind of wonder that guy holds know, public it, office or i don't know if he holds public office but last i heard a couple of years ago he was running for uh a public, o- a local office around there, if oh, you can I believe doubt it. it. He probably won too. I, have I heard the, they had mob connections and every other fucking thing. I, I have a post. I have a, a. I have a campaign poster that Mike Cross picked up off the. He went and pulled it up off the side of the road, and he was even scared to do that. You know, I was just gonna say, watching. Yeah, that, yeah, that's ballsy right there. That could get you shot in the back right there. Yeah. But uh, you know, eventually. I wonder if we pay, played a part in what eventually, you know, where, where for me personally, where the Pete Hesh story ends, because eventually uh, his dad sold the house and they moved to uh, uh, where was it? Uh, Allentown. Living there in Allentown. Yeah. And uh, and I always wondered if we if we had all played a part in that and maybe driving them out of town because I think Al just got fed up with the bullshit, you know? With the constant, you know, calling him up all the time and fucking with him all the time. I think he just got well, fed up with it, which, you know, you can't blame the if guy. If they would have waited just another two months, we would all been gone and it would have happened again. Right. <coughs> As it were, you bring me very, um, very fluidly to my addendums. And it's a two 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 little part like add on to the to the to the post Pete Hesh saga is when I was in college and this this might have been towards the end of my college career um, there was this girl who I first met she lived across the hall from us in the dorms and we and my roommate and I eventually became really good friends with her and she had a friend she came from Blairstown Pennsylvania and she had a grandmother who would go away on vacation for three weeks and she would take care of the house and she'd throw this huge, 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 huge party with all her friends. And they invited me to go to this party. So well, we went all the way to Blairstown, Pennsylvania, which was very close to Allentown. And so I was at this party and this party was kind of hesh-like. These guys were, were not allowing anybody to sleep drinking ridiculously and acting ridiculous it was a really drunken and me and a couple of my other fr- uh, friends from RIT were kind of out of our league and you know just like holy shit these guys are out of control 
But at one point, I remember being in the kitchen, and they had an old school, you know, grandma wall phone, and underneath it was like in a phone booth, a little, you know, sort of thing with a phone book in it. And I see the Allentown phone book, and I think just for shits and giggles, you know, I'm gonna look up Pete Hesh. So I look at, and I'm just like, I start laughing, and my friends are like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm like. I just found Pete Hesh in the Allentown phone book. And they're like, so what? So I give them a little brief recap of our, of mostly the phone prank aspect of Pete Hesh. And they're like, holy shit, you gotta call the guy. And I'm like, I'm already calling him. <laughs> and I dialed the phone. And you know, this was years after all this. Wouldn't you know it after a few rings? Yeah. And so I go, yeah. And he goes, Oh, Jesus. Who is this? It's Pete. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then he hangs up, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I just called Pete <laughs> And as another addendum to that, just it was, it was probably like a year ago, I actually did a little Internet search, and I found Pete Hesh's current phone number. And we're going to call him right now. No, we're not. <laughs> that would be that would be funny. <laughs> so that would be funny. So I mean, so as far as you know, though, he is still alive. It was still in it's still in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and there's a Peter Hesh in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Because see, know. some of the other stories we could tell, you know, like like the one we'd like to get to next. You know, they they have a sadder ending because you know the poor guy's not around. You know, he's not with us anymore. But Pete, to the yeah, the last I heard, Pete was still around, which uh, you know, again, ama- amazes me. It reminds me an awful he's lot. Not, there was he's, an episode he's of probably uh, only like fifty years old. Would you ever see that episode of uh, Amazing Stories with the drunk that keeps coming into the bar? No. And the guys are trying to kill him, and I'm tr- I can't remember why that. I think he has like a winning lottery ticket or some shit. He's this. He's this old. Dr- he's this old guy. He's like this old Irish, really you know, sweet, salt of the earth kind of old grandfatherly type guy. But for some reason, the sons of bitches that run the bar or that hang out at the you know, it's like a Cheers type of thing. The, the guy that runs the bar and the guys that hang out there, they they try to kill him. They keep trying to get him to, like, drink himself to death, and then eventually they're mixing up all these potions with, like, you know, like, turpentine and shit in it, trying to kill the guy. And he just won't die. You know, they even, like, take him and they, like, strip him down of his... Because there's one scene that really reminds me a lot of Pete, where they strip him of all of his clothes, and they send him out into the, the winter night. And he comes back later on, you know, shivering and freezing, and icicles hanging off of him. But he's not dead. Beer. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. "Give me another beer, probably." <laughs> There's a twist ending to it because you know it's an episode it's of Amazing Zone. Stories. But every time oh, yeah. I watch that, it reminds me of Pete a lot because that's the kind of shit that would happen to Pete. You know, he'd he'd stagger out into a you know a fucking blizzard. I mean, I saw this shit happen where he would actually leave, eat it, and beat it. You know, three sheets to the wind in the middle of a fucking whiteout, and then you'd see him the next day, and he was fine. It's like, how the fuck did he get home? You know, well, how come they're not digging him out next, you know, next June out of a snowbank somewhere? Yeah, why isn't there a hashtickle out there? Yeah. Yeah. It was just amazing, you know? I mean, some people really just have, you know, like a, a, a serious guardian angel, you know what I mean? And he's definitely one of those guys. But even with all that, you know, I mean, I figured. 
when, you know, when his time come, it wouldn't be where, you know, he got drunk and walked out of a window or something. It would be, you know, you know his liver get out. His or liver crawls up out through his throat and packs up and leaves, yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, a lot maybe, of the times maybe. those guys live to be 170 years old. <laughs> yeah, know. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Well... Uh, you know, so if he is still around, which it sounds like he is, I wonder what he's up to. You know, I, I wonder, you know, I'd like to think maybe he got his shit together, you know? Because as funny as the stories are and everything and all, you know, there's there's also a side of me that, that does honestly look at him as, uh, you know, it, it, it is kind of tragic. I Well, I got to say, I got to say, I will openly acknowledge how horrible it was that we treated him, you know? But I also look back at it and say, I feel bad. You gotta think it was like Eli Nutter, which is the name you, you're hearing again that we're teasing about. Where with Eli Nutter, he did stuff, but not to us. And and maybe we were more like agents of karma. I guess that would make us Dharma. Yeah. But, you know, we were like we were like something that was you know that maybe the universe was using to get even. <laughs> from some other offense or or something you know like that but you know that's just my probably my mind and psyche's way of justifying it because it was cruel you know it was it was cruel but that's kind of the way you know kids that's kids are cruel and at the same time I still gotta say, I find the whole all the stories, I mean I've been laughing my ass off throughout so I, I feel guilty, you know, I mean, but there's, you know, it's just that, that high school thing where you get bullied and you get bullied, so you act out on someone else a little bit here and there, and I don't like to think of Hesh as maybe like a simple example of that. I, I, I have a feeling that it was just sort of, uh, he, yeah, it was, he was like this lucky buffoon that we yep. kept trying to trip up. And, you yeah. know, in the end, he kind of won because you got grounded for the summer. <laughs> I had to call I had to call the, the Oak Ridge boys and apologize. He's still alive. He's probably still loaded. And, and he got through all of it somehow, maybe not remembering anything, but he got through all of it somehow. So really, who's to say, you know, I'm... I, I'm, I'm not that I'd want to trade places with him by any stretch of the imagination, but he didn't do too bad, you know. I'm not one right. to judge that he, you know, he didn't, um, he didn't create, you know, some great leap in science or, you know, make a piece of art to change the world. But at the same time, he also didn't create the next nuclear bomb. Right. <laughs> if he's maybe he set out to be drunk his entire life and and mastered it and turned it to an art almost but right. god damn it kids don't be like pete hesh <laughs> if there's one thing that we can all learn from this is i don't think you want to be pete hesh. <laughs> i remember we've just i remember when i got the phone that phone number it was probably like a year or so ago and we were like it would be great to I, I don't even know if I still have the phone number written down or anything. I'm sure I could find it again. I'm sure I could replicate the steps I used before. It was actually pretty easy. And it was, I didn't have to do one of those paid search things. And, uh, but at this point, like if I got Pete Hesh on the phone, 
I'd almost want to interview him and be like, hey, how you doing? Remember we used to pick on you? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry about that. Sorry about that, but he would probably think it was kind of, he'd probably be like, yeah, that was, yeah whatever, that was kind of funny, I'll get you, you bastards, you know, and that would be that, and, and <laughs> he'd probably be like, so, what have you been up to? And he'll probably be thinking, who the hell are these guys? And he'd probably tell us what he's been up to, like, while trying to be polite and figure out what we were doing. Unless we were really lucky and got him when he was fucking plowed. But, I don't know. I almost, I, I, I pretty much would like it to stay a mystery. To just be something I imagine in my mind. That, that <laughs> I want to remember Pete at his peak. <laughs> crawling down the road towards Black River. Vomiting and getting hit with clods of dirt. <laughs> Well, so how was that for an episode of Two True Freaks Storytellers? I, that was, was that pretty some good. Stories? Was that some stories? Is that Will that hold you, you little bastards, till we get, have another Storytellers? I think that was solid. Chug-a-lug, chug-a-lug. Make you wanna holler, holly ho! Burns your tummy, don't you know? Chug a look, chug a look. Grape wine in a mason jar, homemade and brought to school by a friend of mine after class. Me and him and this other fool decide that we'll drink up what's left. Chug a look, so we helped ourselves. First time for everything. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy. And there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it, which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for 
True True Freaks. You can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.